Welcome to the MyTalk 1071 roundtable discussion about the Bruce Jenner interview with Diane Sawyer. For more information and helpful resources, visit MyTalk1071.com, keyword Bruce. MyTalk 1071, everything entertainment. Good afternoon and welcome to our roundtable here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. We're talking about the Bruce Jenner story and you guys, in addition to Colleen and I, so Colleen Linster, Hello. Bradley Trainer, thank you for joining us. We've got Tam here for the conversation this afternoon. Thanks, Hi. Thanks for sticking around, Tam. Yeah, thanks for having me. And of course, Holly as well. Many of you listening probably watched Bruce Jenner's interview over the weekend, if not on Friday night. Uh, we've been waiting for that interview for a long time. We've asked two guests to join us in addition to Tam this afternoon to talk about the interview. And first... Uh, I'll introduce Ellie. So now I got to meet Ellie through Lavender Magazine. Ellie Krug, she's an author, a columnist, a lawyer, a nonprofit executive director uh, for Call for Justice, and just a really fun person. So we've asked Ellie to join us. Thank you for Welcome, being with us. Ellie. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. We've also invited my personal OBGYN, <laughs> Dr. Deborah Thorpe, who is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best OBGYN in the whole wide world, but also has a special interest in other types of healthcare around OB and gynecology. Do you want to give like a little thumbnail, Dr. Thorpe, about what you, your focus is in so your I, practice? Sure. So I do general OBGYN just like any other OBGYN, but I also do gender medicine and have done that for at least 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it's... um a very rewarding part of my job that I now spend at least one day a week doing. Which is wonderful. So we've asked the both of them to join us in addition to Tam for this conversation about Bruce Jenner's interview. And we just thought, um, you know, we'll start with both of you. Ellie, as a transgender person, coming at this interview had to be unique and a special uh, moment. What did you think of the interview with Bruce Jenner on ABC on Friday night? I thought it was fantastic. Um First of all, I thought Diane Sawyer did a wonderful job. It was very respectful. Um, she asked uh, really good questions. I thought that she knew when to press at the right moment and when to back off. Bruce, just, you know what I saw? I saw a human being alive, being alive, mm -hmm. and someone who had um, was shutting compartment doors for good. And, and allowing those door, those compartments to n forever remain sealed and going forward with um, his life. We can use male pronouns because Bruce said we could do that. I just, he, ex it, it was just for me a riveting moment um, for me as a human and certainly for me as a transgender person. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and before we get to Dr. Thorpe, your reaction, maybe we should just play that first clip. We're going to play some clips of the interview throughout the show and Holly, the keep a sense of humor clip. I think that's important as we start our conversation to just remember that, like, even though this seems like a really, I mean, it is it's a, a big, really big deal big, for a huge. number of reasons for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we kind of have to remember to keep a sense of humor about it because we're all going through this together. And that's what Bruce told us, too. So. We have to keep our sense of humor about this, okay? It's honestly, it's really pretty funny. Me, of all people, okay? Bruce Jenner, you know? 
has to deal with these issues, uh, literally running away from all of this stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dr. Thorpe, what did you think of the interview when you sat down and watched it? I was very pleasantly surprised that it was not a media hype circus, Mm -hmm. that it was very thoughtful, serious, informative interview. I think um, Bruce's story is very much similar to many of the patients that I see. There are so many people that spend the first parts of their lives running away from Mm -hmm. what is a very difficult thing to finally confront, and it takes a lot of courage. And I'm so honored Mm -hmm. to be part of helping people integrate themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and what's interesting, too, is to hear how Bruce described how he believed he was made or created. Uh, And we can actually play this audio, how he explains it, talking about when God created Bruce. What I think it's just very helpful to give an idea of how Bruce sees uh, this journey that he's on. I've tried to explain it to him this way. God's looking down, making little Bruce. Okay? He's looking down and he says, okay, what are we going to do with this one? Make him a smart kid, very determined. And he gave me all these wonderful qualities. And then at the end, when he's just finishing, he goes, wait a second. We got to give him something. Everybody has stuff in their life that they have to deal with. You know, what are we going to give him? God looks down and chuckles a little bit and goes, you know, hey, let's give him the soul of a female. And let's see how he deals with that. You know? So that's Bruce's um, sort of explanation, and I think that was in the context of how he's explained it to others. Ellie, could you relate to that, or did you did you have a similar explanation ready for people? Uh, because no doubt the opportunities presented themselves to to answer questions for people. Absolutely, and and in fact, um, there were so many things that Bruce said that I have said uh, to people in my life. And for example, I have, I have told people that I have a soul of a, of a woman and that um, forever I've always been female. And, and this whole process of what Bruce is talking about at age, what, 65, mm-hmm. about him finally getting it right, I call it gender correcting. And uh, us gender correctors um, get to the process here by having, as Bruce talked about, having built lives around our birth genders and then having to deal with the inner person, the one inside of us who is telling us that every day saying, this isn't right. You need to live your life as really who you are. And that's what I heard time and again from Bruce on Friday night, that he, that he just knew that it wasn't working. And when he sat down and, and said to Barbara, uh, or excuse me, Diane Sawyer, that you know, he had been waiting for this moment his entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just grabbed me mm-hmm. right at the beginning because I, I I understood it. And not only that, the other thing that, that stuck out to me was the fact that he said, being Bruce is hard. Being who I truly am, that's not the hard part. It's being Bruce that's the difficult part. And I just thought just those simple words reframed it for so many people, I'm sure. If you guys are just joining us, Colleen and Bradley here on My Talk 1071. It's the Bruce Jenner Roundtable on My Talk. We've asked Tam to join us for part of this conversation in addition to Ellie Krug and Dr. Deborah Thorpe. 
So, Tam, as somebody, you know, uh, very similar to, I think, a lot of listeners to my talk, we were very excited to see what this interview actually contained because we've been mm-hmm. following the story for a long time. What was your reaction sitting down and watching watching the interview on Friday? I was surprised. I was shocked when he went into detail about uh, his childhood and that this is something that he talked to Linda Thompson uh, his wife about in 1985, where he said uh, he identified as a woman. So I was surprised with with that. His sister was on the show and talked about a conversation he had with Bruce shortly after he won the Olympics. So I was really taken back uh, by that, yeah. that there was such a long history. And not only that, but that these people uh, held his privacy as long as they did. Yeah. And I imagine it's not all that uncommon in the sense that it takes people a really long time, or at least up until this point. I mean, now it seems like hopefully it'll become easier uh, or more easier for people to to go on this journey um, and express who they really are or get to who they feel that they very well are. But for a number of people like Bruce, it has to have taken many, many years. And I don't know if either of you, um, you know, can share some some thoughts about what that process is like, little bits here and there throughout your life until you get to a better place. Well, I I would say, I mean, Bruce's story is very consistent with what I understand and know from meeting and, and talking with a lot of trans people. I mean, I started dealing with these issues when I was eight years old. Um, but, you know, growing up, as Bruce talked about, growing up in the 60s and the 70s, I mean, the word transgender hadn't even been invented. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I just thought it would be it would be something that I would get over. You know, I fell in love with a girl um, in high school. We became sweethearts and soulmates. Um, and I thought, you know, this it'll go away because of this. And it didn't. I thought, well, if we have children, it'll go away. And it didn't. I thought that if I poured myself into work, something that Bruce talked about, pouring himself into... Winning the Decathlon, yeah. But I thought that if I did that, it would go away, and it didn't. And what I learned along the process is the reason it didn't go away is just as Bruce talked about, there's something inside you. It is, the, it is your inner essence. It is your soul, your spirit, that, that won't leave you alone until you listen to it. And that's what we heard on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, People are bound to have so many questions today during the broadcast, and we'd love it if you would email them to us. Just go to our show page at mytalk1071.com to the Colleen and Bradley show page. You can email us there. We're going to get to questions a little bit later. But one of the questions I have, and I'm going to ask you, Dr. Thorpe, to address when we come back on the other side of this break, is um, talking about one of the things we learned from Bruce was that Bruce started to take hormones in the 80s and for about five years had begun the process of transition. And I'm wondering if on the other side of this break, if we can talk a little bit about the role of hormones and what things we saw, what changes we might have seen in Bruce that were a result of the hormones, and then what happened when he pulled back off of that, uh, just to answer some of those questions and clarify that. Well, I think, that. too, just like the, the whole physical journey, yeah. I think, is very interesting. And I know it's probably because that seems like the obvious thing people can point to. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that when mm-hmm. we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk one Oh seven one for the Bruce Jenner round table right here on my talk one Oh seven one.
Welcome back to the Colleen of Bradley show here on My Talk 1071 for the Bruce Jenner story, a roundtable discussion here on My Talk 1071. Joining Colleen, myself, and Tam today for this discussion, Ellie Krug, who is the author, by the way, will put in a plug for her memoir, Getting to Ellen, a memoir about love, honesty, and gender change. You can pick that up on at your local uh, bookseller. At your local Amazon. At, we'll make sure your mic is on. At your local, local Amazon. Amazon, yes. We'll make sure we put up a link for that. Also joining us, Dr. Deborah Thorpe. She's an OBGYN at Park Nicollet. She's been practicing gender medicine for over the last 15 years. So now, Colleen, you mentioned before we went to break that we wanted to kind of get into the, the maybe the the different changes that somebody yeah. goes through, physical, mm-hmm. emotional, and otherwise. Yeah, and we learned from the interview that, that Bruce had made a decision in the 80s to start uh, a, a hormone, a course of hormones, and that that he uh, that some things happened, some changes happened in his body, and then he pulled back off of them at one point. So when somebody makes a decision to start on a hormone therapy program or to start that transition, what is it that they're? What changes are they getting? What hormones are they using? To give us all of your wisdom. Or most of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a we only have minute. like fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, basically. For people who are transitioning from a body that is male Mm -hmm. to a body that is female, um, keeping in mind that their brain has always been female, Mm -hmm. um, we use a combination of drugs. One is what's called an androgen blocker. That just basically means testosterone gets blocked. And that is a necessary prerequisite for the estrogen that we also give to actually work. Mm-hmm. And the changes that happen include breast development, um, decreased muscle strength, increased body fat percentage, um, skin softening, decreased facial and body hair regrowth rate. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things. It also does some sexual changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't change your voice, unfortunately. No, <laughs> it does not change your voice. Um, and because m- the vast majority of the time when we're seeing patients now, they've already gone through all the masculinizing changes of puberty. Mm-hmm. Those changes are pretty permanent. Mm-hmm. So you you really have to work hard to try to feminize the body within the context of somebody who's already had a lot of the masculinizing changes like body hair growth and voice changes. I imagine there's kind of like an art to that, like getting the dosages right. And there's a big art to it because everybody metabolizes them differently. There are certain um, medical contraindications to the use of certain types of hormones Mm -hmm. and you know you have to work at it in very different ways with each individual person plus honestly everybody's goals for therapy Mm -hmm. are not exactly the same so working with that patient on what their goals are Mm -hmm. is key because sometimes they just want to feel a little calmer Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I'm glad that you brought that up, Dr. Thorpe, because, and I was going to ask you, Ellie, one of the things that Bruce talked about during the interview uh, on Friday 
with Diane was that the hormones, the first time that he started taking hormones in the 80s, which I think was shocking and surprising to a lot of people, they weren't aware of that, but that it it calmed his mind or that it just made him feel so much better. And I think when we think hormones, we think you're, you're making some changes, but did, did you have a similar experience? Did it really have a psychological effect as well? Immense. It, um, it gave me a, a wonderful sense of peace and tranquility. Um, when I, had testosterone coursing through my body. Um, I was fairly aggressive. Well, I was very aggressive. Um, I was a trial lawyer, um, but I was I was never satisfied. I mean, I, there was always something pushing me inside. And once the testosterone went away and was replaced by estrogen, I had this wonderful sense of serenity mm. and and a willingness to just sit and be and enjoy. And it was wonderful. And I think the thing that I hear is like the, the when the when the hormones are at odds with who you identify with, that's got to be really hard to live like that. It was. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the old frustration, aggression uh, mm-hmm. scenario. And um, as I said, I was a trial lawyer. I was very aggressive. Um, and and in part, that aggression was as a result of not being able to live as who I who I was. And I'm. I mean, in, in the courtroom, it worked to my advantage. Um, in At my law firm, um, there were a lot of people that weren't particularly happy with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely mm-hmm. some changes. If you're just joining us, Colleen and Bradley here on My Talk 1071 doing Bruce Jenner's story, A Roundtable. Um, Tam, you're joining the conversation as well, so I want to make sure you get a chance to to ask questions that whole notion of of the physical changes and and the fact that he did this before we even knew this in the 80s mm-hmm. and then stopped doing that did you react to that part of the story in a particular way yeah i did and i was surprised uh that chris jenner knew what he was doing at that time and it sounded almost to me at least like she wanted to just brush it under the rug because he has been so open for so long with so many important people in his life and um so i was surprised to hear hear that that he stopped and then ended up marrying her and then had to had to wait this long and and um here we are. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Thorpe, is that common that people will start and stop and and presumably there's some after effects if you stop? So um, it does happen. Uh, transitioning is extremely scary. And I can only imagine that in the context of a new relationship, he's totally in love with her. He's like, I can put this under the rug mm-hmm. one more time. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. I can do it again. And as he grew and matured, he realized that he really couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so coming off the hormones and then restarting them, a lot of people have this misconception that that's dangerous somehow, and it's not. Um, But he did have to talk to her about the physical changes in his body that in an intimate setting were going to be mm-hmm. very obvious. Right. Right. I mean, he did mention that he had breasts. Right. He said it was hard yeah. to kind of to hide a well, 36C. Right. Well, and that's what was so fascinating for me watching the interview was that um, I'm thinking to myself, so there's a level of, well, and he talks about this later with his children as well. There's a, a certain amount of denial that uh, people, families tend to apparently go through and, and <clears throat> engage upon because I would think that it's pretty obvious when somebody has grown 
breast. Mm -hmm. So made a major physical change that when you get involved in a relationship, that would be a point for conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. is this something or is there something you want to share with me? And not getting a six, what's the word? Not getting a um, thorough answer you would think would lead to more questions. But in this case, it sounds like it really led to, to sort of putting things even more so under the rug. I think though that, we humans do a really good job at denial, mm-hmm. mm. you know, and um, when you have a, a family that's intact and there's the risk of something that might make it less intact, I think that it's human nature to just sort of run away from it. You know, and what, um, you know, what we heard from Bruce about him, you know, um, again, putting into the closet himself for another person. I mean, this is self-sacrificing it's something that trans people learn to do. And in part, this goes to the core issue about uh, loving yourself and having compassion for yourself. It's very difficult for trans people to believe that they should put themselves ahead of someone else. I mean, I know for me, that, was, that for me was the big challenge. How in the world could I love myself more than I love my wife or love my children? And in the end, what... I think Bruce reinforced for us trans people is the idea that you cannot deny who it is that you are. It is that spirit and it won't go away no matter how hard you try and right. bury it. Right. Exactly. It's um, physical changes that you're making and the vast majority of the time, calming effect of the hormones but it's not like somebody is actually changing their core selves their core personality I mean that has always been there yeah and, and he, he said he, that yeah I mean he said I'm still me I'm still me I and, and even talking about how he talked about it with his children and that Chloe one of his uh, stepdaughters was having the hardest time with it because he had been such a strong male figure in her life and he just kept on saying I'm it's still me I'm still here all of the support all of the love you've always had from me it's all still there right one of the things too and and we're going to run to break and I think it would be I bet there are a lot of questions people had watching the Bruce Jenner interview on Friday with Diane Sawyer, this whole conversation about sexual orientation versus his gender identity. Mm-hmm. So if we could touch a little bit on that when we come back. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're just joining us, we're, we're talking to Ellie Krug. She's an author. She has a memoir. It's called Getting to Ellen, a memoir about love, honesty, and gender change. And then we're also joined by Dr. Deborah Thorpe. And Colleen has mentioned that that is indeed her doctor. My doctor. But in addition to um, delivering beautiful babies, uh, she has also done gender medicine for the practice gender medicine for the last 15 years. Tam is joining us. Tam, I bet you have some questions about that. I do. That whole segment. So we'll get to all of that and a lot more when we come back here on the Colleen Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Welcome to the My Talk 1071 roundtable discussion about the Bruce Jenner interview with Diane Sawyer. For more information and helpful resources, visit MyTalk1071.com, keyword Bruce. My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show, the Bruce Jenner story, a roundtable here on My Talk 1071. We're very excited to welcome to the studio two great people, uh, Ellie Krug. She's an author, a columnist, a lawyer, and just a great person to have 
on the show. So we're glad she joined us along with Dr. Deborah Thorpe, who's an equally great person. <laughs> and Tam, Tam, of course, from the uh, Nine to Noon show, the Donna Marley and Tam show is joining us for the conversation. So we left uh, the last segment um, talking about gender identity versus sexual orientation. I feel like a lot of people, and Diane Sawyer, did she not seem to be a little hung up on what Bruce's sexual orientation was. We should actually play the clip because you got to kind of hear how she was trying to do the gymnastics around it and then how Bruce reacted to it. And which, do you remember? it's 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 number eight. Number eight. If you are some male and you become female, but you like women, are you a lesbian? Are you a heterosexual who... You're going back to the sex thing, and it's it's apples and oranges. There's two different things here. Sexuality is who you are personally attracted to, who you, you know, turns you on, male or female. But gender identity is how to do with who you are as a person and your soul and who you identify with inside. I loved that part of um, or that explanation. And and ABC actually had a little um, phrasing that probably people found helpful you know, gender, gender identity, identity is who you go to bed, or excuse me, sexual orientation is who you go to bed with. Gender identity is who you go to bed as. What did you think about that whole conversation with Diane about sexual orientation, Ellie? Well, I thought that it was interesting in the sense that she was going back, trying to put what I call box checking, that we need to have these categories of things in order to understand them. And, you know, this is all... What trans people face all the time is, <clears throat> is that you were, you're born a certain way with certain anatomy. Well, that is the box that you need to be in, mm-hmm. you know, and never shall you ever leave that box. The same with, with uh, sexuality that, you know, uh, you were one way and, and, and if you change your gender, well, how is that going to work with everything? And, and they are two entirely separate things. You know, I say that gender is between the ears and sexuality is between the legs. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's um, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that people understand. It's two very different things, and they're both on a spectrum. And you don't make a choice about where you are on the spectrum. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And you may choose to act on that, perhaps, but it's still who you are. And if you're going to really integrate yourself and be your authentic self, you need to recognize where you are on the two different lines. Mm-hmm. When I when I give a lecture on um, gender issues to the OBGYN residents, which I do every year, I have a slide that's got two not two parallel totally not intersecting Mm -hmm. lines. Um, And, you know, Masters and Johnson always talked about straight and gay, and then in in the middle is bisexual. So, you know, a spectrum. Well, the reality is if we're all honest with ourselves, we all are somewhere on that gender spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the people who were born with a body that matches where they are on the spectrum are very lucky. And the people who are born with a body that doesn't match that place on the spectrum where they are, sometimes 
need some treatment, Mm -hmm. medically necessary treatment to help them get to where they need to be. One of the that was one of the things that Bruce talked about so beautifully when when he talked about walking out of his house and seeing women that he knew felt like women thinking, gosh, they're so lucky they just get to wake up and be a woman. And same to, you know, same with men who identified as male. They just get to wake up and be who they are. And I'm Bruce and I I don't get to be who I am. Well, and that's the thing about gender identity. It really is. It is between your ears. It is how you view yourself relative to gender and the, re- you know, and the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is, is that it's secret. You don't ever have mm-hmm. to tell anybody about it. But that's also creates huge problems because us humans are great at compartmentalizing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what ends up causing people to be, um, to have this great, um, it's dysphoria, mm-hmm. uh, which is the technical phrase, but to have this very difficult time between matching brain and body. And if you can't do it, Horrible things happen if you cannot make that transition. If you're just joining us, we're talking to uh, Ellie Krug and Dr. Deb Thorpe. It's our Bruce Jenner story roundtable discussion. Tam, you're joining us for the conversation as well. I was just curious if that whole conversation of gender uh, identity versus sexual orientation, if you found you know that conversation you know, informative or if you had questions about it? Well, I, I guess my question, and I think maybe Diane Sawyer was maybe trying to get at it. I guess my question specifically is, does it change over the course of the transition, your sexual orientation? But mm-hmm. you, you kind of oh, yeah. answered it, mm-hmm. it yeah. you know, in what you just said. But I think that that's what came up for me when I was watching it on Friday. Does it typically change? I would say it doesn't typically change. Um. I think sometimes people get more open to what they might really feel and where they really are on the spectrum because they've had to address one um, aspect of their Mm -hmm. lives and now they are like, well, maybe I need to address this other one. Well, that's interesting. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'm I'm living this truth over here with this part of myself. Maybe I... If there is a truth they're not being honest about, it's another opportunity to, but the two aren't necessarily connected. So that is I'm correct. taking hormones. I'm going to start being attracted to men. I think that's what Tam was yeah, bringing yeah, up. And I think yeah. a lot of listeners were assuming Diane was trying to, to get at. No. And when I lived as a man, I mean, um, I started have, I mean, I was in love with a girl in high school beginning at age 15 but I started to have same-sex attraction, so I started being attracted to men as well. And, of course, this is all a journey. So um, when my marriage um, fell apart, I at first thought I was a gay man with this intense attraction to female things. Um, and then when I dated men, um, I realized very quickly, no, I'm not a gay man. I'm really a woman who wants to date men, but I'm a woman. I need to be a woman. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, and uh, hearing your story, and it, and I was thinking about um, when Bruce Jenner tells the story of being eight or nine years old, and he told this very early on in the interview, and going into his sister's or his mother's closet and taking a dress out, not knowing why, not knowing what uh, what the goal was, but just knowing that that felt more right. And I thought, I wonder how many people um, have a question about you know, what is cross-dressing and then what is, what leads them from just wanting to wear a dress to knowing that you identify with that gender. And I don't want to be insensitive in asking that question, but I think a lot of people, you know, wonder that. Well, with cross-dressers, 
it is an attraction to clothing. Um, there usually is a sexual attraction related to it as well. But once um, you're done wearing the clothing and maybe having a sexual release, you can put it away mm. and you can go on with the rest of your life um, until the next time that you need to do that. With, with people who have more, who need more, who have a gender identity that uh, that's not going to take mm-hmm. care of it, that I actually need to be the person who would wear the clothing, not on a temporary basis, mm-hmm. but on a permanent basis there, there is this tug that's inside of you that doesn't leave you mm. alone until you actually go forward and live authentically in your what I what I call your true gender. It's interesting that you brought that up because I was uh, I watched Transparent, which is a series on Amazon, which you should watch just because it's a great show. But it it helped sort of identify what you just talked about, where you know the main character goes to this place where people cross dress. And there was this sort of rift between the people there who, you know, did it for um, some sort of physical release or sexual component or just a very compartmentalized piece of themselves. And they were very critical of um, people who wanted to wear those clothes out in public and present themselves as women. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, gender identity. So there was you know, almost this, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that there were two separate things going on here. So no doubt a lot of people's, you know, understanding of the different facets that this encompasses are out there. And it also seemed like when we go back to the Bruce Jenner interview, that when Bruce talked about telling, he was, he's been married three times to three different women and that each time he sort of floated it out there, you know, and that they, it seemed like they thought, well, he just, wants to wear dresses and that maybe it didn't go to the next level until he met Chris. And then, you know, it seems like he was more authentic about how he was sharing that. Do you think some of that, like, does that understanding about that tug, does that develop over time? Absolutely. It's an incremental process. No one at age 22 who is born male jumps out of bed and says, today I'm going to have a sex change operation. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea is is that it is just, the the whole idea of changing your body is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just too large. For me, it was so large to wrap my arms around. I mean, I could never, ever deal with that, but it took incremental steps. You know, one was dressing more often. One was learning more about um, transgender people. You know, and then it was... um, eventually getting to the point of having hormones. But, um, and I don't think we've related, but that Dr. Deb is also my doctor. And, um, you know, I don't know if you recall, but the first time I saw her, I said, I want the hormones, but I'll never do the surgery. Uh, yeah. You know? that's, that's pretty classic. Actually. It's a, it's a huge surgery. Yeah. And a lot of people really think that the hormones are going to be enough. And for a lot of people it is, but it, not everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes once you um, really are living full time in your authentic gender, nobody sees what is under your clothing except you. And, and you realize that that's where you need to go to, to really complete the journey. Right. 
And I just really quickly to just kind of tie a little bow around this. I I realize that we've had multiple conversations about whether or not you can be in a relationship with somebody for 20 odd years and not know, you know, who they are authentically. Um, But but odds are pretty good that Bruce didn't know at those times. Right. That he was struggling as much as anybody else. Yeah. So much to this conversation. We really could do this for hours. We've still got one more segment. We'll come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show. It's the Bruce Jenner story, a roundtable discussion on my talk. With two special guests, Ellie Krug, Dr. Deborah Thorpe, and Tam is joining us. Uh, we'll get back to more of this topic when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show and our Bruce Jenner story, My Talk Roundtable. Joining us for this conversation, in addition to Colleen and myself, Tam from the 9 to Noon Show. And Ellie Krug, uh, she's an author, by the way, has a memoir called Getting to Ellen, a memoir about love, honesty, and gender change. She is joining us, as well as Dr. Deborah Thorpe, who's an OBGYN at Park Nicollet, but she's been practicing gender medicine for over 15 years. Now, Colleen, we, we've got an email from someone mm-hmm. that I think would lead to a wonderful question uh, that I know Ellie uh, could respond yeah. to if you want to share yeah. that with us. So audience. we got this email from Claire, who says, I'm a trans woman who just passed my one-year anniversary." Uh, it's difficult to hear people call Bruce and anyone that is trans brave, courageous, or a hero, because in most cases, even in Bruce's, it gets down to transition or die. Why do people who are not trans feel that we are brave when all we feel is the need to correct our gender in order to live and survive? And I thought what was key there, Ellie, was that, and, and you kind of talked about this a little bit off the air earlier, is, and Bruce did as well in his interview, that he had he knew at some point he did not want to die without having addressed this issue. And, and you had a similar experience. I think it's the, uh, what we would call the deathbed reflection, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Bruce talked about not wanting to look back on his life and not, and not having explored this part about that. He knew that he would regret it, you know, in my own, per- I mean, again, when I, I heard that from Bruce, I, you know, I'm almost falling off the couch um, because in my story, you know, um, for me, I was 44 years old. Um, 9/11 happened, and um, and and that day was the first day I ever thought about dying. And as I sat in church that night, um, praying for our country, I went through my head what would be my last thoughts. And after thinking that my last thoughts would be about my wife and my children and my my siblings and my best friend, the very last thought that would that I imagined coming to my head was. You coward. You die, you're going to die a coward because you were too afraid to take the steps that it needed to live authentically. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is very common for trans people. Yes, it's not about bravery. I've heard that a great deal. It's not about bravery. It is about surviving. But I think that people want to call it brave because it is so extraordinary. Trans people, when we transition, it is very, very visible to everyone. You know, whereas you come out as gay or lesbian or you come out as an artist, you know, when you're formerly a CPA, (laughs) you know, you're not, you know, you don't have to change how you look. No worries here. (laughs) You don't have to change how you look or your, or your government documents or your name or anything like that. But for trans people, for us to come and show up as our authentic true selves, it is a transformation. And I think that people say, well, that's brave to do. So may I ask you, do you feel like Bruce is brave to share it on this sort of national 
platform in the way he is? Absolutely. I yeah. think he, yeah, I mean, of course, I just got done saying right. what I said. But <laughs> yeah. no, I think it's brave because, first of all, he's older. So he's going to gender correct at a at a very, very, not that much younger, but at an older age. But I think that Bruce also has far more to lose. I mean, and this really is about losses and trying to avoid losses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and he's got, he has a whole social strata that he could lose. Recall that he talked about doing many things alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. There's a yeah. reason for that. And that's, that's what really struck me. I'm glad you brought that up. When he was so open about the loneliness he felt. And here's a guy from the outside. You'd look at him and think, oh, he's lived such a full life, all this fame and power and money and big families got these you know 10 kids but he talks so openly and i because i think that there's something there's fear associated with saying i'm lonely i know that i felt that 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 there's there's fear about saying that and he was so brave and i think saying that that he's been lonely he was a lonely little boy and he said too even now he spends a lot of time on the golf course alone. So I I thought it was really courageous for him to talk openly about feeling loneliness. And I think a lot of times when people use the word brave, it's anybody who speaks whatever their truth is. If their truth doesn't necessarily match up with the common person's truth, Mm. there's a bravery in that. And there's something beautiful about being in the presence of that. And it's just a good lesson whether you're, you know, you identify with Bruce or you have something in your life that you're not being genuine or mm-hmm. authentic with the one thing before we go, cause we just have a couple of minute, oh my gosh, minutes. Oh my gosh. I wish we could go on for days. Literally. And we could. So <laughs> first let me just uh, say thank you. And I know we all thank you, Ellie and Dr. Thorpe uh, for coming and joining us today. But um, it is a real issue that people are dealing with and struggling with more difficultly than Bruce even. So can we just talk about briefly what people can do, where people can go, what resources are available to them? There's, Several resources. There are a lot of therapists in town that work specifically on gender issues. Um, we have a whole list of therapists at Park Nicollet that we use. We have some that are right at Park Nicollet, but we have several in the community that we use. One of the most well-known um, resources is going to be the program in human sexuality at the U. And then other really well-known resources reclaim it's mostly geared towards adolescents young adults Um, and as people probably are aware younger kids get more exposure and so Mm -hmm. they can see a lot more yeah they can come out a little younger we, yeah. will, we will definitely make sure we put the resources on our website. Head to mytalk1071.com, keyword Bruce. And Ellie, if you just had any final words very briefly. We've got 30 seconds. No I, pressure. <laughs> I just thought that Bruce's closing comments about keeping an open heart and an open mind was was right on. And and really what he was talking about was, was having compassion mm-hmm. for for other people who are struggling. Yeah. You know, and I would add having self-compassion because that really is what being transgender about is about, is about understanding that you are worth, you are Thank worth Thank you so much, both of you, Thank for joining you so us. Thank you so much.